Yeah. Hello and broadcasting from the beautiful yeah, there's Central a new Coast Ramstein album of too. California. Yeah. It's, it's really the good. Dr. Death Danger Radio Show. Someone else has a new album. Well, Warhawk, I know you don't, I don't think you've heard of this band, but Warhawk dropped a seven inch. I was like, it's no talk to me about Warhawk. Well, yeah, because I'm going to go see Warhawk at Lie Detector. Oh, yeah, yeah. I might do. Warhawk's playing Lie Detector. I'm not playing Sound of Fury. Sound of Fury is like, bro, go see Gulf. I'm like, I've seen Gulf once and I'm good, bro. This is fair, you know. Like, Gulf is basically Gen Z, like, it's just like nails for Gen Z, bro. Alright, my gulch was nails. Let's be real here, bro. That's fair. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Dr. Danger Radio Show with your boys, James and Edward. Sorry for it being a long minute since we recorded. The month of April's been a very busy one. But Edward, what's good? Tell us what's on the lineup. What's up, everybody? I'm Edward. Well... Uh, we've got a pretty good show, I think, to ease back into things here. We've got our our CAR review, a.k.a. the car review, the classic album review. Which we will talk about, talking about listening to The Who. Yes, which is going to be their fourth album, I believe. I thought it was fifth. Okay, yeah, you're right. Because I fifth. thought Tommy was the fourth. Here's the thing. Well, yeah, you're right. This is fifth, my bad. Yeah, because I thought Who Sells Out was the third. Yeah, I've, Then I've, we got I've, the rock opera. The rock opera, which my dad's still salty about because he feels like we we misinterpreted it. You mis- it was we rock. misrepresented it. Okay, fine, sure. Here's the thing: I could like pseudo reference that. I like re-listen to Appetite of Destruction again. Like we've reviewed Guns N' Roses. All. Yeah. Oh, what do you yeah. think? Well, I just threw it on because it was just like right there and like yeah, in yeah. my spot. Fun. I was at work, and it's like here's it's the thing: when I don't have to freaking focus and listen in. Fuck, dude, it's a really good record. Told you, man, I love that record. Even though, even the filler's not too bad if you're not thinking about it too much. Yeah, but when you are thinking about it, it's, <laughs> it kind of sucks. But when you're yeah. just like throw it on and you enjoy it, I'm like, fuck, dude, a lot of this shit's hitting good. Oh yeah, it, uh, that's why. That's why I. That's why I uh, very proudly am like, dude, I'm sorry. It's still their best album. All four of their albums are good, but. It's really good. Yeah, I was like above that shit, and I like told the customer, "Hey, can I like use your bathroom?" And I took a nice stinky shit in there <laughs> while listening to Guns N' Roses. Yeah, it was just blasting my ear because I also you know what I think to that's lie. what they would have. I was wanted. also trying to furiously wipe too because I'm like, okay, I don't want to be here. I've been here a little bit longer furiously than furiously wipe, huh? Yeah, you furiously. Yeah, the freaking furiously. Actually, there's another like story, like quick story of furiously wiping. Yeah, don't think it was no, it wasn't last weekend. Last week I was at Disneyland. The weekend prior to that, before that one, I had to play a show at some backyard at like two towns over. And right as I was done setting up and my like guitar, my like guitar players were like getting close to finishing. I was sitting there contemplating. I feel fucking turd pushing through. (laughs) Fuck it. I'm going to gamble. I'm going to go take, I'm going to go fucking take this shit real quick. And they just started fucking making noise while I was on the toilet. Go like, hey, where's our drummer? And I'm just sitting there like, bitch, 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 bitch. And I'm like trying to like fucking wipe. But then like another turd wants to come out. I'm like, God fucking damn it. Damn it, this is a bigger turn than I thought it'd be. Shit. And I was ferociously wiping. It's like, oh, I like come on up. And then freaking like... And I forgot to get on the drum kit. And it's like, oh, hey, where were you? I was like, dude, I was taking a shit, dude. I was ferociously wiping right now to get out here. <laughs> Hope you wash your hands. Oh, no, bully, I did. I always make sure. <laughs> yeah. Even in the speediest times, I still believe in hygiene. Okay. Nothing, I don't... Well, I don't maybe believe, that's the important part. Yes, out of more important... Uh, th- people, they can fuck off. 
I can tell they can fuck off. Like I'll fucking rush trying to take the shit, but I'm gonna make sure I wash my damn hands. It's hilarious. Hey, where's our drummer? Hey, where's our drummer? <laughs> he's just like he's got the cut the hair like, <laughs> like bitch, 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 bitch. I thought it'd be longer. I'm gonna take longer. Ah! So welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, uh the who. We got that. We got hot or not. And then we have um, we have begun a trek, uh, our new trek. We're going to be watching. Maybe we weren't busy this month. We want to take a little sabbatical to prepare for this trek. Uh, we are going to be watching sure. the, the fifth season and only the fifth season, pretty sure, of WWE's old reality show, Tough Enough, which we'll get into more detail uh, later. Speaking of wrestling, James, I wanted to bring this up to you on the podcast, but yeah. we didn't get a chance. Yeah, you BWG were- was a pretty awesome. Oh, I wasn't gonna talk about that because I wanted to forget that I missed that. Was, so thanks. Yeah, no, it was pretty. It was pretty cool, dude. It felt like a like older PWG Bro, show. Fuck PW. Really? I mean, I don't care. So I've seen PWG shows. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Have you heard about the fuck PWG though? Have you heard about the, the 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 hot new wrestling promotion coming up? Control your narrative. Oh God! Have they said more cringy shit? Did you see the rules they released? I wanted to bring that up on the show. It's been a minute. There's eight. Run through them real quick. For anyone that doesn't know, Control Your Narrative is a wrestling corporation a promotion started up by previously known as in WWE EC3. Um, but but they really started making headlines when they signed in the recently fired Braun Strowman uh, some months ago. Okay, so check this out. These are the rules and regulations. Rule number one, you are in control. Rule number two, in all caps, you are in control! Exclamation point. Rule number three. Fights end when you tap out, get knocked out, can't stand or quit, sanctioned, and then in parentheses, matches can end via pinfall. Not too bad. Number four. Standard, in quotation marks, professional wrestling rules apply for sanctioned matches. Chaos ensues in the, all caps, project pit. Yes. Five, this is the best one. This is the one that makes it worth it. No hashtag super kicks. No hashtag tope suicidas. No hashtag Canadian destroyers. Rule six, the fight isn't with your opponent. It is with yourself. (laughs) Rule seven, fights will go on as long as they have to. Sanctioned matches, in all caps, hit their times. And rule eight, if you want to hashtag control your narrative, you have to fight. I'm telling you, this is going to be the greatest promotion we've ever seen in North America. I'm calling it, bro. Now, to pseudo defend them, EC3 did talk about, hey, why don't you want those moves on in your company? And he said, he basically said, well, they're overused now. They're oversaturated. They don't mean anything. The idea is we want to uh, to end it, to uh, to help make the moves mean something. We're going to exclude them from our promotion pretty much and uh, bring uh, back more focus on not traditional wrestling but other aspects of wrestling. And when he said that, I'm like, okay. But at the but reading that, it's just like, bro, you just sound like you hate the young bucks. <laughs> you just hate the young bucks. <laughs> Anytime I see anything like that. 
and people are like, oh, these new generation of wrestlers. Young Bucks. No, are- they don't mean new generation of wrestlers. They mean the Young Bucks. They just mean the Young Bucks. When Jim Cornette rants about, oh, these people with no personalities, he's not. Re- he's projecting his hatred for the Young Bucks Let's be real. on these people. <laughs> Yes. I just thought you'd find... I thought... Because uh, we've talked about wrestling and this show's about... Re- the main events like, about I wrestling. I think you like, showed so. me these rules like a month ago and I was okay. howling. But I was like sitting there I'm like, bro, what the fuck? What is this damn fucking show? The fight is not with your opponent, James. It's with yourself. No, it's so fucking funny because I remember on, Bri- on like Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez, he was dealing with some dumb tweets <laughs> by the former Braun Strowman. Oh, and he literally... Generally, one of the lines he says... Friggin' control your narrative is like friggin' AEW knows that control your narrative is a legit threat to them. I'm like, what? <laughs> How many shows have you ran? <laughs> at the, at, no, I the think mo- at that point in time, one may I think they just had their second. And supposedly they have a fucking thing too where you could pay money to talk shit face to face to them. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you could pay like a hundred dollars to basically cut send in a, you cutting a promo on any wrestler you want. I'm not gonna lie. That's kind of, considering no, how I'm like it's not, not worth spending a hundred dollars. No, it's not. But like considering how like dumb and like backwards that wrestling fans can be, I see a lot of people going for it. Although apparently, no. I think only one person's done it. Yeah, to Austin Aries. Austin Aries is a funny guy. There was a guy that's it was a guy that a lot of people are like, hey man, in TNA, right? That guy's great. In WWE, it's like, oh man, that guy's underrated, underutilized. But then as soon as he leaves WWE, it just I guess it just turns out he's just a piece of shit. So Yeah. It's kind of sorta. He's just a little a little too much ego. Yeah. Not not too much restraint on him. But yeah. I'm trying to think. Oh, you want to hear f- something fucking dumb I dealt with at work? Of course. Oh, dude, fucking. So I, I get a call about this customer that the router is not powering on. Okay. Okay. It's just basically freaking. So the router is not working for whatever reason it may be. Maybe router t- router took a shit. I'll replace it. But so far, we just don't see it's not powering on. It's like not showing any lights. That's what we're told. Okay. And I can believe it might be unplugged. <clears throat> I go walk into the house. These are like younger women. I see a <clears throat> sign that says Cowboys Wanted. I go walk over. Oh, it, no. I go like, show me the router. I pick it up. I see it's plugged in. I see like, I go to the power strip where it's plugged in and I see and I'm like, okay, it looks plugged in. I feel I'm like, what is this? Why is it off centered? Like freaking what? Like basically, they plugged it in, but one of the prong twos is off, is, is like on, like off on the side of the re- of it, so they only have it plugged in one spot. What the fuck? Yeah, and I'm like, I unplug it, make sure the prongs go in both the holes, the router <laughs> lights up. <laughs> you were half right. I'm like, this lady was telling me, I tried plugging it unplugging and plugging it back in so many times. Okay. I'm going to press X to doubt on that one. I'm just like, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to draft up some paperwork. And then I also had to like charge them because if they make us do stupid house calls, sometimes we have to charge them. I only charge them a half. I charge them a half an hour of work for that was literally a minute. (laughs) I was only there for like 10 minutes. (laughs) <laughs> and I was gone to go splice fiber. That was literally one of the most ridiculous thing. And I'm always thinking, how do you do that? 
How do you plug it in only halfway? Well, here's the thing. Um, damn it. I wish I had a power source that I could kind of show. Don't you have one right there? Yeah, but we're going to... Wait, no. I actually don't need it. So... I'm going to project very Ow, loudly. Jesus, my ears. So, if I go here... Yeah? I literally had a lady... I'm going to unplug, like, turn that off. She literally had it plugged in like that. But it could slip through for whatever reason. That's stupid. Yeah, like, literally it was able to go in all the way because, like, it was thin on the side. Only Edward can see this demonstration. <laughs> I feel like people... I feel like people can get a good visual though. That's ridiculous. Cowboys wanted no. They they need. I think they they need, they need some. I think some books are wanted. Some education. James. No, all centers like you. Maybe you ladies are definitely in need of a cowboy <laughs> or just someone that has an idea of oh electronics. Gosh, I try. I just imagine it's like I try plugging in. Then why? I try plugging in so many times. How do you do it? Well, it was off centered. Uh, that's how what I found it. What was the reaction when you told them that? They seem a little baffled. <laughs> Maybe I pulled some witchcraft on them. Because <laughs> I literally was like, I'm going to go draft up paperwork. I literally walk in and it's like, yeah, internet's working. So I'm a bearer of bad news. Um, I'm going to have to charge you today. But they said it might be free. It would be free if the router was actually broken and I had to swap it out. I literally came here to see if it was unplugged. And then I also explained a story to them one time where I went to a spot with a lady punishing us to come the fuck out. And when I come out there and I'm like, okay, your internet's down here. Let me first go look at the, di at the dish and see if it powers on. And the guy's like, hey, wait a minute. I think I might have flipped the breaker off. Well, let's flip that on and see what happens. Oh, my Lord. They flip on the breaker and everything's working again. <laughs> amazing i believe me it's pretty amazing sometimes amazing i thought i don't i didn't feel so sorry for this one dude i come in and he's like yeah it's been a little acting weird i look in his router and he just had it backwards how it's plugged in <sighs> well not like in power just where he had the internet line not going into the first port where the internet needs to come into i see and i'm like honest mistake because he literally was like, I thought the yellow cable went into the yellow port. I'm like, no, sorry. You can see this little device right here goes in here. It's, But I felt sorry for the guy. I was like, okay, it's, he's older. I don't think he gives a fuck about routers. <laughs> he doesn't really care too much for his internet to mostly check for emails and maybe some YouTube videos. Yeah, there are yeah. people out there I'm a little bit more forgiving on. Yeah. Not these cowgirls, though, <laughs> that had the shit fucking plugged off centered. Cowboys wanted, James. Cowboys wanted. <laughs> I think that sign needs to be Cowboys indefinite need. <laughs> Cowboys needed. Definitely. I'm like, dude, you need someone else. Cowboys here. required. It's like, literally, I was like, I just felt it. I literally looked at it. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> That don't plug in right. I thought, I thought I dealt with some smooth brains and fast food. I'm like, that's crazy. This person is. I, I would like to think this person has lived a life where they've plugged devices into power strips into and things. Yes. yes, we've all done that. It's pretty baffling that like they I was plugging in my PS One at like age six. 
Yeah. I, I knew how to plug that in. Yeah, but did you need to call in someone physically to come there just to find that? Oh, hey, I, this this um this isn't plugged in right. I didn't have to call out some contract some contracted dude to just be like, "Excuse me, sir, I don't know where to put the the yellow and red cords into my TV." You know what I mean? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm sure it's baffling too. I've done some weird ones too, where it's a little bit more simple. Yeah. Yeah, no, but like obviously it's not always like that. I had like a case where it was like I was out there like on a fr- this one spot. I was out there on a Friday. The dish had to be replaced, and then it's like internet's down, and I had to go back there and I had to do an external thing where freaking there's like this device called a power box where it splits off. Where basically it splits off the internet feed, and I had to like log into the device and actually see. I was like, oh wait a minute, it's like for some reason this isn't like allowing internet, it's blocking internet. But that's like kind of like. Sometimes there's like shit like that where it's like, okay, that does need some technical stuff. And then there's sometimes I show up 10 minutes and I'm like out of there. I'm like, damn, bro. Sorry, ladies. Got to charge you. <laughs> kind of dumb. And how much is that? Are you allowed to reveal how much that was? Well, yeah, it was like, th- it was like uh, for an hour's worth of labor, $75. I only did a half an hour. So it was like $37.50. You did 11. I did 11 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. There's a, once a story I've seen going around on the internets. What? There's like this ship that was down on commission and they bring like a specialist technician to come out. The specialist technician goes around looking at the ship. He whips out his hammer. He pings it at one spot. The boat's working again. Then the bill comes up and it's $20,000. And they go, what the fuck? You only did like a minute's worth of work. But the guy's literally like... You're not paying for the amount of like time it took me to do this. You're paying for my knowledge of what the fuck's going on. <laughs> that's like, true. That's literally it's like, ladies, if you're gonna come out here and make me like, f- like figure out if you did something stupid, you're gonna get charged for that. That's literally it's like sometimes that's literally sometimes I come out and it's literally it's like it's just my knowledge of the equipment and just coaching people. It's a pretty fun job actually. Because after that, I went to go learn to splice fiber, which that was pretty fun and exciting for me. Cowboys wanted James. Cowboys, need, <laughs> no, Cowboys needed, bro. That's my big takeaway. Like I, he- I heard the rest of the story, and it, it's in here. It's in the brain. But <laughs> Cowboys wanted. I saw that sign. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh hey, man. young, like these young ladies, pseudo living out in the country. Pseudo. Pseudo. Like, bro, like, literally, they're just down the road. They're, like, literally just down the road from our old rehearsal space. <laughs> really? Just, that's yeah, like, just that's- a spit over, bro. <laughs> just a spit over. You mean right in the, you mean, you mean, you mean in the area that's near the Trader Joe's and the food for less? More like near, like, the airport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, like, off out there. Oh, they're so away from civilization. Dude, they're so, dude, they live in some country life. Well, that's a real country well, life. Well, enough where Spectrum doesn't service them, so it's that or fuck it. It's us. Enough to where clearly they're in need of some cowboys. They, they're in need of some definite cowboys. Are you going to be their cowboy? You could rock the. It just all, it all depends how much you feel about wearing a combination of denim and chaps for the rest of your life. You, I think you'd like the ten gallon hat. Get yourself a JR hat. I'm not gonna get a ten gallon. I'll get the freaking like <clears throat> lifestyle, just chillers like brim hat. But I'm not wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah, I wear overalls at the jobs, but I also wear like normal tennis shoes with those overalls too. <laughs> That's true. I'm not like get I need to. I need boots. to wear these giant big clunky boots wherever I go. No, they're always clunky and make my feet feel heavy. <laughs> but James, they need cowboys. These women need cowboys. <laughs> cowboys needed. 
for these cowgirls. It's like you went to a place that's run by women that that all have Tinder. I'm I'm sure these two ladies I saw might have Tinder accounts. That's hilarious. Sure. That's great. Just to find out they had it plugged off center. Now, I wasn't sitting there roasting them. That'd be rude. Oh, yeah. I just took them serious. Like, just got to charge you. I wasn't sitting there as like, they could play They could play it. I'm not going to like, well, this is fucking dumb. I'm just going to say, but I've been the jobs too, where it's like, that's not plugged in right. (laughs) Let me plug that in real quick. Okay. We'll see where this goes. (laughs) That was great. That's great. Yeah, no, sometimes it's not even people's fault. Well, like, high percentage of the time, it's not people's fault. But when it is people's fault, it's something like that. I'm like, okay then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yes. <laughs> All right. Speaking of great, uh, should we get to one, to everyone's favorite segment and mine? I don't know if it's actually anyone's favorite, but yeah, hot or not. All right. I'm just going to pull all you off. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. I had a muted door. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. Let's see what the fuck we have for freaking hot or not this week. Uh, I'm falling apart over here, America. Yeah, I was like telling like some funny stories of like, well, at least Jake was telling me his funny stories. Um, All you people need to know is, hey, baby, I'm Italian. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going. All right. So the fucking we got the song by Sig. Sigma. Sigrid would bring me the horizon. Oh, let me see. And that, um, yeah, can you see? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Do you yeah. got like friggin' supervision? Yeah, Sigurd, I think. Sigurd, yeah, yeah, cigar, cigar with uh, with B M T H. Ah, right, what did Jake say about this? I didn't have that recording. <laughs> All right, let's try that again. What did Jake have to say? I don't know. I'm walking right now, uh, running some errands, but yeah, this is basically a new collaboration between Signals and uh, Bring Me the Rise. What? Pretty sweet. Signals? Uh, it says Sigrid. Is it hot or not? What? Thanks for the brevity, I guess, Jake. <laughs> sure. I'm just going to put the song on. I'm a fucking disaster right now. Let me, re- let me replay that. Okay, thank you. They just want to have to watch a fucking music video this time. Yeah, I know. Thank the fucking Lord. Most people don't own a swimming pool. Well, I wouldn't want a pool. Maintaining that would be a bitch. Oh, yeah, it is from what I hear. I would like to have a friend out of a pool. That'd be great. Let's be real. I like these pianos. She's a good singer. Like, I know of this song. But I haven't really, really, like, sat down and listened to it. I just know the song's a good song. I'll sing it, girl. Sing it, girl. Come on. Yeah, I, I got no witty, snappy, like, commentaries on this. Oh, there's this guy. I really, he's a heat. Now, this, uh, now, now she's a good singer, yeah, but, like, you know, here's a guy who's got some good pipes. This guy, this guy. so British. This guy makes all the, uh, this guy makes all the emo goth gals panties drop. Yeah. 
This is for the real ones. Oh, this is such a bone steel song. Damn right. I kind of like it. It sounds like this should be in like the credits of something. They harmonize really well. Yeah. I bet there's like a hundred vocal tracks. Just like Jake. For each. Each song. Each each singer. Fucking Jake. Oh my god, I have to do so much work on these vocal tracks. I think you'll be fine with like at least half of that. <laughs> like I know you're No, re- he's gotta keep it pop standard. I think it'll be good with 50. Ooh, that's really good. The little, the little vocalizing she's doing. Yeah, she's a great singer. Yeah. I can't do that. Can't do that. Fuck you. I'm jealous. I, I'm not. I really like this chorus. Actually, why would I sing like that? I ain't jealous. Fuck y'all. You just be that one, that one punk band from the 70s that employed operatic vocals. What? There's this punk band. I'll look them up. I really like this chorus, though. Yeah, I feel like should have more wha- like something witty, which I never have something witty to say. What's a positive song? Yeah. Hey, it's just a bad day, not a bad <coughs> life. Yeah, it's just a bad day, not a bad life. No, I like that. Like uh, that was nice. Uh, that's an automatic hop from me. That was a really strong chorus. Like the buildup was cool. Bridge was a bright. You know, he sounds good. She sounds good. I don't know what it was. that chorus just really came together. Very, very good. Although uh, I have made it uh, known that ever since I saw them at Not Fest, aka Corey Fest, uh, last year, I've gotten kind of a bit of a soft spot for the boys at Bring Me the Horizon after all these years. So, uh, no, I, I like this. I, I like this quite a bit. Uh, to hot, what do you think? Oh, dude, the song rules. This is a hot. Come on. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's it's sick. I think that's it's like you that's say the anomaly of me. Wait, did you say the anomaly of me on the show of like me listening to weird music? No, I told you how my, my, it's hard to fucking explain you to people. My music taste. No, because I always tell people the thing I like about hot or not is that like you know we're you know we're 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 you know underground tough metal punk guys right i I don't know i don't know words man i have a limited vocabulary point is but we don't hate pop music that's what sets us apart we're not like a bunch of uh we're not a bunch of like you know angry gen x neck beards yelling at what the kids are listening to these days we're not my brother nick trying to tell me that millennials with two three jobs are uh, somehow lazy just because they go out in public in their pajamas no, we kind of dig it, but it's hard to explain people to you because I'm like, oh my God, my, cause, cause, cause like when it comes to like pop music, you're like, yeah, it's kind of cool. You can vibe. We could talk, but you hate metal. And when it comes to punk, you're like, bro, why do most punk musicians even try discharge, bro? You know, just like, just like this, <laughs> like with everything else, you're pretty free form and open. But when it comes to punk, you're super picky. But when it comes to metal, you hate metal, but you're in, bro. You're in bro. one and a half bands that are counted as a metal band. Bro, bro, bro. You didn't go to that testament show and slow. <laughs> that was like stupidly sold out. Yeah, that's what I heard. A coworker of mine did though. I want to tell you one. 
I try to show up rocker time. You know, like, I guess with Death Angel started. What, 15 I, minutes? I, oh, okay. I guess like, okay, when about the time when they start, usually it's like, you know, I think people are already in the show venue. Yeah. I walk there. There's a fucking line wrapped around the block. I'm like, did they just start? I haven't started the show yet. I walked in and Death Angel only plays two more songs. I'm like, well, this is, oh. the, this is the curse of me being on rocker time. And I'm like, why the fuck was there a damn line wrapping around when I fucking just showed up right now? Yeah, why didn't they get everyone in for Death Angel? Well, I don't know. These fucking metal nerds that fucking like took a bit to get out. No, dude, you don't understand. I didn't get too punished too much about this, but my mates, they got punished. And Jay, uh, not Jay, Oscar, he literally goes up in one line and like this dude, it goes like, oh, hey, dude, nice, uh, nice sick battle vest and like stuff. But then he's also hearing the same dude over here and talking to his friends like, man, bro, I wonder what like all these normies see us online right now. I bet they think we're all like scary or edgy or something. Oh, my fucking God. I'm like, oh, God. This is why we turned our backs no, on guess, metal. And, uh, you I, more than me. I but. Live, but I'm also talking because once my mates like rolled up too, I'm like, dude, I'm so pissed right now. I try to show up on rocker time and I got to do this fucking line. What the hell? Raiders fans are more intimidating than metal fans. Okay, <laughs> bro. Like going in the show. Obviously, one the Exodus set wasn't the best Exodus set, but it was still pretty sick. You to had see. the Zos though. So oh. that, that was fun. My fucking mates were getting fucking bothered by all these fuckers that go like, dude, why are you wearing that mask? Take off that mask. Oh, why are you wearing that mask? Take off that mask. I, I started throw, putting on my own mask just to protest with my boys. I'm like, fuck these metal nerds, bro. Trying to tell us to like, fuck it. Who, literally, do you got, why the fuck do you give a fuck that these guys are wearing some masks at the show? Yeah, yeah, this yeah. fucking cesspool of a show right now. Yeah, I get you. No, that's, that's. No, the most cringiest fucking thing, though, during the testament set was the rowboat pit. I saw footage of that. I, I was dying. I felt like I was losing my virginity. I saw that. I'm like, what is this, a bro job show? I was losing. I felt like I was losing my virginity. <laughs> this is the cringiest shit. I was so done. That was fun, at least. Come on, that's fun. No, I, I know. I'm. I'm just being a hater. No, no, no. Everything else, everything else you said, uh, you know, fuck them fucking with them with the masks and fuck the guy going like, oh, man, I bet all these normies think we look dangerous. <laughs> But the Robo Pit was a little too cringe for the testament. You know I think that was just straw that broke your camel's back. Hey, like I get it with a Monomarth, sure. Well, yeah, because they're they're doing like the Viking ship shit. Yeah, but this was during fucking testament. Yeah. Well, from the Bay Area, maybe uh, maybe they thought they were uh, fucking decided to be Vikings or cringy metal nerds. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't have an answer for you on that one. No. <laughs> You know, honestly, I would rather deal with the Bring Me the Horizon fan base. Because, yeah, are they a little normie? And they do they have as much extensive, like, rock and metal knowledge as I do? No. But you know what? They're not saying cringy bullshit like that. Oh, no, believe it. The show was just, like... There was the new metal crowds... There was cringe the new metal right. crowds, The new metal crowds and the normie goth emo crowds, they are not talking like that. That's why... I, that's That was the reason I really vibed at Corey Fest. Were there some cringy people there? Yeah. But for the most part, there for the most part, everyone there you was just pretty chill. Yeah, I, I I didn't, have, I didn't have that. I didn't. No one there thought. No one there was trying to be a big, cool, tough guy. Yeah, or just be fucking cringy as hell, bro. Yeah, or dudes just trying to fucking like you know, dudes are like all hyped at, like in the pit during a fucking ass of a song because I also had my own thing going. I'm like, dude, I'm only gonna go down to only like Testament songs. They're off the first two albums. Even when <laughs> I started practice, what you preach, I'm like. I almost felt it, but I'm like, no, I'm standing my, I'm putting my foot you down. You wanted to bounce during practice? Like, well, I didn't know. I didn't want to fucking like slam dance during practice, what you preach. Oh, I thought you meant leave the show. 
No, no, no. I'm sitting there. They play that song. I'm like, you're not going to get me going. Practice what you practice. Isn't that the album oh, that no, you the and best I always... Part, well, the best part was fucking... Dave Lombardo's drumming for a testament. Yeah, he is right now. Yeah, yeah. It was so hilarious because for I New World Order, I, I think he kept fucking up the intro. It was beautiful. <laughs> and then during the bridge for freaking Over the Wall, he's not doing the bullshit, snazzy Iron Maiden beat. He's just playing it straight Dave Lombardo beat. Oh my God, that's so awful. <laughs> No, I loved it, bro. I'm like, dude, Dave Lombardo's so punk, bro. It's so great. He's like, fuck this metal shit. Yeah, well, he's playing fucking Testament that does a lot of bullshit. Yeah, yeah. They started out pretty simple, but then, you know, wasn't it practice what you preached, the one where you and I were just like, you know, this is when they just went full Metallica ripoff? Dude, that fucking whole album was just full Metallica ripoff. (laughs) Let's be real here. That show was mad cringe, though. Yeah. So the song was good, every ladies and gentlemen. Oh yeah, yeah, right. It's a good song, America. Give, uh, give, give. Bring me the horizon another chance. They're pretty good. <laughs> give no. signals a listen too, or Sigurd. Sigurd. Sigourney Weaver. Watch Aliens. What was this? Fucking- Get away from her, you bitch. Uh, Sigrid. All right. Okay. All right. Let's get into the classic album review. What did we listen to this week? I don't know. What did we listen to? I'm just kidding. Can you imagine if I did that and I was serious? That well, then I would have to be going like, oh, the one who album. Uh, we listen to Who's Next, which is the uh, next Who album. Um, I'm going to give a spoiler alert. This album was a fucking banger. Okay, that's all. Let's get into it. All right, let's get it. What's the first song, bro? Track how, one. How was this banger of an album? <laughs> this al- this album opens with Baba, oh, with Baba O'Reilly. Oh, Auto dude. parts. Ow. So here's a song you've heard on the radio in trailers, even for movies. It's classic. I also learned apparently this was originally supposed to be a 30 minute song. So that's neat. Thank the Lord. <laughs> anyway, everything about it is on point. Uh, that synthetic, that synthetic melody, the pianos, lyrics and chorus that you remember. It's one of the who's best. It's one of the most quotable songs, too. It's simply awesome. It's great. We're all wasted. Uh, yeah, nine out of ten. This is that song that you've heard and you're like, oh, isn't that the Who song, Teenage Wasteland? Yes. It is not called Teenage Wasteland. I don't actually even remember why it's called Bob O'Reilly, but it's called Bob O'Reilly. Yeah, I, I, this is one of my favorite Who songs, so I gave it a nine. What'd you think? I bro, I just was like, dude, this is a fucking classic. <laughs> but can't, here in the field. It could be a total radio punisher, though. Oh, no, I, I haven't heard I it as much I almost wrote down, like, CSI, but I wasn't sure if this was the CSI song. It no, the CSI ones were Who Are You and Don't Get Fooled Again. Bob O'Reilly was in the trailer for like that Peanuts movie from some years ago. It was in the Bugs Life trailer. I think it was even apparently in a Resident Evil movie trailer. Yeah, but it's a classic. Yeah. But can't be a total radio punisher. But dude, it's an 8 out of 10, dude. It's like, fuck, dude. Starting strong. What's the next one? It's called Bargain. So this song's actually on the radio, too. I forget this was a Who's song, but um, yeah, I've heard this one on the radio, not as much as other ones. It's a catchy rock song. It's kind of classic sounding Who to me. First two album stuff, just with better production. The bridge is really cool. I like I like how it kind of has like an abrupt, like um, just like pretty bridge change going on where uh, Townshead sings on it. Maybe it dragged on a bit. It was five and a half minutes, but it was really good. Um, if you got, if, if anyone listening if, that hasn't listened to the sound, but knows the who is trying to remember what song it is, it's the one that where it's like the chorus is, I call that a bargain, the best I ever had. It's really good. Uh, I gave this one an eight. I was still riding high off Bob O'Reilly and this was a good song. Oh, dude, so fucking, I wrote down this is another classic banger. <laughs> eight out of 10. Hell yeah. 
Then song three, we kind of hit a wall. Okay, we didn't hit a wall, but well, we went from pretty <laughs> strong highs to uh, this is called "Love Ain't for Keeping." This is a slower song, almost sounded vaguely country. It's sh- it's a shorty, two minutes, but it was catchy. It felt like a transition track. I don't really have too much to say about it. Um, by itself, it's only about a six out of ten because it does kind of lead into the next song, so it felt sort of transition e. Yeah, what do you think? Oh, if song three, not a bad twangy jammer. I'll give it a high six. It's yeah, a six out of ten, but it's like you know, I give it a high six. It's, it's pretty. It's not bad. Yeah, not. yeah. Track six is a song sung by Entwistle called "My Wife." So love ain't like I previously said, kind of bleeds into it. It's a fun song. It's it's literally lyrically about a dude getting turned and getting in the fights with the cops. So that's that's pretty that's pretty great. There's this dope horn section that pops in near the middle. And it's like, yo, shit, dog, is this Chicago? No, it's not Chicago, but it's a fun song. I gave this one a seven. So for song four, my wife was pretty tight. Light seven out of ten. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Track five is, speaking of Chicago, uh, a sexy ballad. Well, it's not really a full-on ballad, but it's got the vibes. It's called The Song Is Over. You got Pete Townsend on the verse, Roger Daltrey on the chorus. Um, honestly, it um, I like it. This um, I don't really have any uh, too many notes on it. It's just good. So far, this track is just fire track after fire track. It's a jam. Uh, seven. So song five it gets a little nappy for me. I give it a light six out of ten. Mm-mm, I could get that. It was just like a little slow for me. I was like, okay. Oh, this was slow. The next one's even slower. Track six is getting into. Now, this is a battle. This is the kind of battle where you slow dance with someone. Throw some horns on here. It could have been an Elton John song. Or alternatively, if you threw a sax on it, you might have gotten a George Michael song. Depends whichever reference you like more. But it's good. Um, like I said, it was slower. I never really, I didn't expect these kind of tracks, from, this track and the last one from The Who, because they're not fully what you think of. But, uh, you know, side B here is kind of slow. But I thought they did it pretty good. Um, I gave it a, um, what did I give that? I gave that a seven as well. All right, for song six, yeah. it kind of was like the Beatles a little bit, or you could say it was like a slow song. Oh, I can yeah, see we could that. do a slow dance, but it kind of it picks up around the end when you start wanting to twerk at the Testament show, laughing <laughs> at metal nerds. You twerked at the Testament show? No, but Seb did. <laughs> but he doesn't have an ass. I know that's what made it funnier. <laughs> but yeah, I know. I'm still on this Testament cringe show, bro. You had to experience the people. It was next. Le- it was like some level. Sounds cringe. like you needed some cowboys. <laughs> Fuck, dude. <laughs> that show didn't need some cowboys. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, that was a light seven. Okay, good. Okay, cool, cool. Light seven out of ten. Track seven is called Going Mobile. This song kind of reminded me of like a Fleetwood Mac song if they had an even more aggressive drummer. Uh, it's an almost pop song, but Keith drumming, whacking on the skins, elevates it. They had this synth thing in there in the background layering on it, too, which I like. It's just a really solid listen. Had a rag guitar solo at the end. And I, I like how it got kind of frantic at the end before it ended kind of slow. You know, it was just kind of building, felt kind of jammy. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's the big come down there at the end. So I really, I really vibed with that. Gave that one a seven. All right, so for uh, song seven, I'm like, it ain't it ain't bad. I feel like maybe with your recommendation, you should listen to it again. But I'm like, this ain't bad. I was, but not too spicy. A six out of ten. No, that's fair. And I was like, maybe looking for some more spice. Oh, but bro. Oh, bro. <laughs> okay, so this next song is a song I always forget they wrote. It's called Behind Blue Eyes. So fuck yeah, dude. For fucking real, bro. What song is this? You got you all might be asking. Well, let me let me put it to you like this. No one knows what it's like 
To be the bad man. To be the sad man. Behind blue eyes. Oh. Yeah. You know that song Limp Biscuit wrote? <laughs> Wait, did they cover They covered this. It's actually no. apparently considered a good... Oh, they did. No, fuck. I'm going to have to plug it in. Limp Bizkit is... Their, their two most famous no. covers are This and Thieves by Ministry. I Are you trying... Are you are you plugging in the speaker? I might fucking have to, bro. <laughs> this is a fucking revelation. <laughs> I'm serious. Limp Bizkit covered it. Um, But yeah, uh, this song was better than I remember. Uh, Dude, this is like one of the best songs ever. This was one of the... This is a really good song. If you like slow acoustic dominant songs, kind of like songs off Pink Floyd's The Wall, this the song for you and man when the drums come in there midway to bring the rock in i'm like this shit's good i don't know why my mom hates the song well i don't know if she hates it but she always said for some reason she didn't like it maybe it's maybe she, she heard the limp biscuit version maybe it's a maybe it's a punisher bro it's a punisher a song oh dude but i wrote that i was like maybe an eight totally a nine but i'm like dude what the fuck am i on bro dude it's a total nine it's so- i gave it an eight oh, i should punch you in the face <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding i, I- I'm just it kidding. is a good song though. It's a very good. I, song. I think it's a good. I love this song. That's really good. I'm just like whoa, 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 whoa. Yo, the who wrote this but, song? Yeah, that, that was me too. Yo, who's best band, bro? Fuck <laughs> you. Who's who's so great? Suck at Zeppelin. Oh yeah, I fucking know it's Zeppelin. But the who is like, I keep learning shit. I'm like, yo, the who wrote that song? Yo, the who sound like they were around women. Led Zeppelin sounds like they were in the studio reading Lord of the Rings. Or some like shit. <laughs> or being fucking, or having a statutory rape level relationship. <laughs> I don't know. I just remember watching a video of them having like fucking relationships with fucking like 16 year olds and 15 year olds. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah, I guess even Bowie kind of got pinched with that a few times. Dude, what are these fucking losers I can't get Well, you have to age? remember, over there in the UK, um, their, six, their, their 18 is... Yeah, sorry. Their 16 is our 18. So technically, that means that uh, our 17 is technically their 15. So you kind of got to work with that. Did you find it? Oh, I yeah. was right, right? Dude, it's literally. I told like, you. Dude, so. Like, Are you about to play it? Dude, it's their fourth song on their fucking, like, on, like, on their Spotify. Which, which album's it off of? Does it say? It's the one with the green face. Oh, I forget which one that is. Results may vary. Sounds like a 10 years after song. Yeah. At least how they do it. Sounds like they're trying to cover uh hold on. No one knows what it's like to be the bad Fuck that isn't half bad. Not bad. Like to be the sad man. Yeah, but like how hard a biscuit does it go? I haven't heard this in years, I wouldn't know. So far, hey, so good. To hot or not? This yeah, week, hot or not part two. Do you want to throw on their cover of Thieves next? That's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. Yeah, I'm not going to. Oscar's already trying to make me like cover that song at some point in like. But life. you don't like Ministry. Yeah, I think I only like two songs. Which one? That is it? Is it NWO and Jesus Built My Hot Rod? It's or sure is it Palm sixty nine? Well, NWO for sure. Yeah. Dude, is that Shug Riff? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, he's not doing it. It's pretty not that bad. But like, literally, I'm like, it's not bad, bro. Not yeah, cool. It's no rolling. Whoa, whoa, are we supposed to get the biscuit popper, dude? Pop popper? No. Well, remember, the rock is supposed to come in, so uh, I think it's after this verse. So. Yeah. 
I'm like, say, dude, it's like, fuck, it's like slow, but I'm like, dude, that's so sick, bro. Yeah, they're, uh, yeah, it's a, this is a good song. Dude, Behind Blue Eyes is, like, great. I'm like, literally, it's like, we're reviewing, like, an album, but now I'm just like, dude, I'm marking out for the song. <laughs> like, if you ever want me to mark out for a song, it's like the opportunity. You're gonna get it right now. No, yeah, no. As much as you, like, tell stories, I'm like, dude, what the hell does he listen to? Well, you can for sure know that I love this song. Even Limp Bizkit doing it. Yeah. I'm like, I wonder if they even playing this shit live. I remember. I don't know. I, I'm, I think there does exist. Oh, yeah, if you also want another shitty metal opinion of mine, I only like these days only want to listen to live albums albums by metal bands. Really? Dude, I don't know why. I, I like live. I like live albums. My mom kind of talked me out of it because she thinks eh, it's not. It just feels like you're trying to substitute be in there, not me personally, but the idea behind. No, live but albums. I'm. I like it because I'm like this is the most like closest to the band. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. it's like the most organic and maybe the best played. <laughs> fuck is that I might have to take back what I've been saying don't, don't worry I'm sure it's fine oh that's so hip-hop yeah but I'm like this is the part <laughs> where like fucking like yeah dude we what the fuck where was the rock yeah well, they don't got Keith Moon. They need some Keith. Like that, the half the, the magic guys are actually good musicians. They just play in the biscuit. Yeah, but they don't rock. But here's the thing: How are you gonna be as rock and roll as Keith Moon? That's not a musicianship thing, bro. Let's be real here. That's some primal feral shit. Does, you need to be a level of fucking just like primal rock and roll spirit that Keith Moon has. <laughs> And some of these nerds just don't understand that. <laughs> That's very true. Bro, I get it, dude. West Borland, great musician. Yeah, yeah. But does he have that Keith Moon rock and roll going on with him? I think Fred Durst did when he was younger, but he, Maybe. but I think he became a dad. Yeah, he became a dad. That's all he does now is just like, I'm a dad. Fuck y'all. <laughs> the song was good until the bridge. Yeah, I'm like, the classic bridge. Yeah. Dude, when Moon comes in and he slams those drums, it's like, oh, it just brings it to another level. Yeah, but that was like, I'm like, well, one, the song sounds a little depressive, but I'm like, that part's like, wait, you trying to make me get laid? No. The song like builds they want up you to, to hold song. up the lighters, man. Yeah, but there's a part where it fucking starts rock and rolling. Yeah, and then it goes back to the slow. That's what helps increase its effectiveness. Sorry, listeners, for that disappointing bridge. Everything else, the song rules. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Like I could put in, play the normal version, but we'll be here for. All right, what was the last song though? We won't get fooled again. Was this okay. the way? Was this CSI? Nah, yeah, this, this. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know why? Because because in because in uh, I think it was original CSI, um, or one or something like that. What, there'd always be the part where the main guy goes up, they see the dead body. He'd say some corpy pun, and then he'd throw on his glasses. Dude, that's CSI Miami. And then you just hear yeah, dun dun, bam 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 bam. <laughs> okay, so I don't know about you. I love the song. Oh. I love everything about it. I I I I I I have an announcement to make, but I I really to, I think to height, heighten the impact, I want to know what was your thoughts. I just on wrote this down song? classic. Fuck it, nine out of ten. Okay, I basically had the same thoughts, but 
This is the first America. Oh shit. You're this good. is officially the Doctor the Doctor of Danger Radio Show's for first Edward. for me. First I gave this song a ten out of ten. I love this song. From beginning to end, it's perfect. Now, is your dad gonna come in and start beating her ass for fucking? He better and- not, because this is one of the best this album came out in like what? Nineteen 19- Because I get it. He was very adamant about He was very upset about 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 Tommy. Yes. Son, guys, it was a rock opera. Yeah, but when we had I tried to put on a microscope. I tried to I, like, I was like the whole album wasn't bad. No, this album's like ten times better, let's be real here. This well is, yeah, dude, this is like one there's of the best nine albums. songs, it's in and out in like forty minutes, and like it starts with a banger, goes into a banger, and then it ends with a banger that goes into another banger. At, those four songs alone were good. I'm just saying, but like, we're enough for we're enough for something. I'm gonna say like this album's like one of the best albums. This album came out let's in 1971. I would dare you. I'm pointing at our thousand and one albums you need to hear before you die. Book. I would dare you, Robert Dimitri, to or whatever your name is, to try to find me an album from 1971 that beats this album. There's a few things I could think of that might. Like if they were putting out albums by I'm then. I'm sure. I'm sure there's better albums, but I'm like, this is pretty. This is like fucked it. This is like one of the best Who records. This is definitely so far. I'm gonna be sad if this is the best Who record. Stati- that's what I was about to say. That's the worst thing about this album. I'm worried we peaked. <laughs> I'm worried the Who peaked because this was all cylinders, beginning to end, just the perfect amalgamation of, of, of their songwriting of where everything was going to go. Apparently, most of this album was supposed to be for another rock opera of Pete Townsend's called Lighthouse. Oh, but that please fell, stop. But that <laughs> fell through. No more rock operas. But that fell through. Well, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe this could have turned into a like, rock opera, but I'm at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I don't want the, like, low-key, I kind of don't want the freaking, um, the transitional, like, story yeah, gags. Yeah. Kind of like how it was. The best part about all this is that if you add up my score, which I did, out of a score of 90, <laughs> this album gets a 69 out of 90. It was written in the stars, dude. This, this is a great album. I hope we didn't peak. I, I hope the who doesn't peak here. I hope, because I hope, That's I hope, because let me tell you. The Who's have had some real highs, but if you're listening or if you're listening along with us, when the Who dipped down, the Who dipped down. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a bit. We we liked the first album enough. Second album was fine, but like, man, when the Who had some stuff that w- And then the thing is, is that um what's their next album? I think it's called Qu- Quadrophenia. Hey bro, you like cinematic rock operas? Wait, no. No. Wait, what? No, I, I don't. I don't actually know. No, is this a rock opera? I'm, 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 I'm. I'm <laughs> is you not gonna go like, oh, son, is this a rock opera? Or is this you gonna like actually agree? It's like, okay, maybe the rock opera isn't the most like. Okay, here we go. So, Quadrophenia is the soundtrack album to the film to the 1979 film Quadrophenia, which refers to the 1973 rock opera Quadrophenia. Which is the sixth album. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. I get it. Quadrophenia was an album they did. Wait. No, it's a rock opera. It's a double album. There are... um, See, we got two versions. We, on like Spotify, we have the Quadrophenia original motion picture soundtrack. And then we have Quadrophenia super deluxe. I'll figure out which version. 
Then we got Who by the number by numbers. There's 17 songs. God damn it! I think the Who peaked. Hey, we still got Who Are You? Yeah, no, well, at least that song's great, but I don't know if that album will be. Well, I'm ho- I'm hoping because that's the last album they did with Keith Moon. Don't say that. I don't even want to bother after that album. Nah, nah, we'll like continue on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, so far, who has had a lot no. of good highs? What? What do you? Okay, seeing? wait. I was about to say. Wait, I'm like looking at. It just kind of sucks though because. Spotify only has the deluxe editions, and that means that... Did who drop a fucking album in 2019? Yes, they did. Son of a bitch. It's called Who. Yeah, I saw that. I could see that. I, I sobbed that. It, comp- it comprises ballads, rock music, electronic experimentation, and classic Who-ish songs, says Townsend. I'm curious to see where this goes. Let's just be re- Let's be real here. Oh man! All right, um, but yeah, the Who's been great. Everybody, listen uh, to the Who. Are you ready to get into the main event? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I, give the a couple. Main, the main event. I think I said Ming event. Yeah, the Ming event. I guess I've had WCW on my mind. I know. Well then, let's we'll start the main event right now. It's just easy for me. Timestamps. Okay. So okay, America. A long, long time ago, WWE had a reality show called Tough Enough. The intent was. Let's take some tryout goobers. We'll put them on TV on our reality show. We'll have our trainers torture them. And by torture them, I mean we'll have Bill DeMont be an asshole and subject them to WWE's notoriously difficult schedule. Past shows were hosted by bits and ends sorts of people with cameos here and there by, you know, big and small names. This season we're watching today. Oh, man. See, this season is something special. Here's the thing. You go like, guys, why aren't you doing season one of Tough Enough? Well, here's the thing. When we decided this, we were on the high of WrestleMania of fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes. Now, I want to watch the season because Stone Cold plays a very important part. Or he just shows up and he just mostly does is fucking roast these people. Now, he's technically the host. The actual training is really done by Booker T, Trish Strass, and Bill DeMont. But by by all intents and purposes, he's the host, and he's the one that does the whole you're staying, you're leaving thing. So it's he hosts this season. Now, the story to how we got here is kind of he's funny. He's the Brett Michaels of the show. Yeah, I didn't want to say that, but that was the only thing I could think of. Yeah. Um, the story how we got here, um, inconsequentially enough, so we were brainstorming on what to do next, right? We've been doing movies for a few months and all, and James was like, bro, why don't we do another Trek? And I said, well... And I said, well, what are you thinking, girl? And he said, hey. And he said, well... Hey, you remember Tough Enough? I think there was a season with Stone Cold. We were eating Mexican food, by the way. That's very important to the plot. He's like, you want to do that? And I said, eh, we'll see. Damn, Fat- where were, wait, where were we munching? We were at uh, Taco King when you first brought it up. Oh, me. Dylan was there. Yeah, Dylan was there. He's just kind of hanging there. Fast forward to WrestleMania, and we see Stone Cold come out of retirement to put on a 500-star match against Kevin Owens. Yeah. I look at James after that, and I said, bro, we're doing Tough Enough. <laughs> It took us a while to get here because of stuff, but here we April's are. April's been a very busy month, okay? We have lies. <laughs> so Pay us to podcast, <laughs> and then we would definitely be on this on the regular. So here we are, America. For everyone wanting to see Dr. Triple D Radio get back to its roots, we present to you our first reality show since Brett Michaels, 
Tough Enough, episode one. Get your season teeth. five. We're not doing season any five. of those yeah, seasons. Yeah. Season five, episode one. Get your teeth out of my ring. So the opening is Stone Cold basically being like talking. He's like, what's up, everybody? I'm Stone Cold. I built a bomb ass legacy in this business and I'm here to find the I'm next Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm here to find I'm here to find the next WWE superstar. Then we see some shots of him kicking the shit out of some people. <laughs> Stone Cold says, I got 12 men and women with big dreams. Then he runs down a few of them. He's like, will it be Luke? Pretty boy from, where was it, Maine? Yeah. Will it be Luke? Pretty boy from Maine. Who in fact looks like a pretty guy. Luke says, my looks, my skills, my charisma, I'm the perfect storm they're looking for. He did have the look of what they wanted their superstars not named John Cena to look like back then. So. Sure. Or will it be Rima ringing in Miss USA? I it was Marina. No, it was like it was Rima. I was a fucking. He was like, hurry up. <laughs> or will it be Re- Stone Cold? Ha- Listen, when you're Stone Cold, you don't have to use proper enunciation. Yeah, you're fucking, fucking Stone Cold. Yeah, why bother? It'd be weird if what's he started enunciating. Yeah, what's the point of talking when you're Stone Cold? <laughs> Rima says, I've been a fan since I was. Oh, yeah, she's reigning at the time, Miss USA. Rima says, I've been a big fan since I was a young girl, and I just want to be part of something bigger. Rima, a beauty pageant winner. Then there's Eric, big tall dude working for his family. Big tall drink of water. We see him, we see him footage of him getting his ass kicked and chewed out by Stone Cold. <laughs> then there's what was this lady's name? Evilis or something? Evilise, dude. Evilise, yeah. Yeah, Evilise, the homegirl from Lucha Underground. That's right. Okay, yeah. He he he's an indie fighter gal. Yeah, uh, he, he says she's been indie coming up fighter gal. Well, he says she's been coming up on the indie circuit, but I wrote indie fighter gal. Sogo says she's a fighter, but will her he said something like will her frame hold up? And then we see Bill DeMont charge her to splash her in the turnbuckle, which yeah, that made me uncomfortable. Then there's Matt High-flying indie guy. Then we've got other names. Uh, yeah, I wrote down Matt, an indie flippy guy. <laughs> uh, then we, what was this guy's name? Jared Mai, who's a farmer, the farmer guy, who's an MMA fighter. Uh, he says he's the baddest, I, he, I'm the baddest ass in the land. He said something like that. No, you, no, no, you didn't recognize him. Who was that? It's fucking Big Rig from Daisy. That's not Big Rig. It is. No. It is. No. It is. I told you. What do you mean that's big rig? (laughs) Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Well, I already ate mad shit right now. Oh, I've fallen, America, and I can't get up. America, he has fallen in and he can't get up. But yes, that is Jeremiah, i.e. Big Rig from Daisy Love. Is this part of the Bret Michaels cinematic universe? Maybe. No, I remember reading about him, about like he was on a Tough Enough, and then when he showed up here, I was like, that's right. Oh, ain't that ain't that ironic? We've reviewed Daisy Love with He's him on there. everywhere I go. I can't escape him. Bret Michaels is everywhere. He's the reason we started our podcast. <laughs> He's in a documentary. He's in the show I'm going well, to. What documentary? It's- Decline too. Oh yeah, yeah. He's in that. He's, he's, he's his show gets a spinoff. He's at the show me and my mom are going to in a few months. It's been postponed for four years because of the coronavirus. I can't escape Brett Michaels. His influence. I see him in my dreams, man. I'm also just saying this shit to kill for time while I get my phone open. So yeah, I guess that's big, Rick, everybody. You know what's funny? I don't know if you'll believe me or not. I literally, as I was taking notes, I was thinking like. 
Huh. Wouldn't it be fun? I'm writing notes. I'm like, wouldn't it be funny if I could like work in a Brett Michaels cinematic universe joke here? But I'm like, nah, it's not going to work. It'll feel forced. Apparently. Ah, ah. I was like in shock. I was like, no, no way. No, no. I didn't recognize, recognize him at all. Well, yeah, because he has long hair. I don't, you don't know. I don't know if you know this about me. I'm shit at remembering people. <laughs> no, no, but come on. You remember Big Rig. I remember Big Rig. He but- was very fighty all Daisy Love. I remember he made it pretty far too. Yeah, wasn't yeah. he like Final Five or something? I think so. And they like tried to oust him because of his temper. Yeah, yeah, oust about his temper. And I think the next episode was the fucking like. Oh fuck! That <laughs> fall was real, everybody. Oh, my, yeah, then, my like, the next episode was like the cum challenge that never happened. <laughs> That's right. And then also, hey, London's back. <laughs> that was so bullshit. That yeah. about London coming back. Yeah. Was, we watched Daisy of Love, everybody. You can go watch it in our archives. Okay, so. Uh, what's his name? Stone Cold. Uh, wait. Oh yeah. And then, oh, yeah so, after oh, yeah, Jeremiah, so I was like, "Wow, are these the only peeps?" Okay. Yeah, he only like introduces half the cast. Yeah, which is weird because it's a way smaller cast than Rock of Love. I'm like, there's only twelve people, so I'm like, well, whatever. Oh, was fourteen. Uh, well, he said twelve men and women. Okay, it's cool with me. I don't give a fuck. So Dude, I literally watched this like two weeks ago. So I'm going off memory and whatever the hell you got for notes. So they show a montage of some of the challenges they're going to be going through. Man, there's some wacky shit. There's some gymnastic stuff. That sounds some, hilarious. Some physicality Come on, stuff. This is television. They showed someone this getting chased down. TV. I want people to do weird, stupid shit. They want. They showed someone getting chased down by a fucking canine unit dog. I'm like, what the hell is this? Come on, it's tough enough. Come on, this is how you be a WWE superstar. Getting like fucking freaking a canine dog chomping your dick yeah and that's funny you mentioned that because stone cold <laughs> yeah i'm sure stone cold had to go through hey if stone i'm sure stone cold had to go through this okay? no it, no it's worse steve austin had to had to had to deal with the booking of fucking um of uh wcw of, of michael hayes wasn't he the booker sure was that? i almost said bill demont not bill demont i almost said um what's his name freaking um uh crockett but he wasn't there so there's a stage set up. Um, we, we cut to a stage um, in, in an arena. It's the old generic setup for the time period that they had for Raw and SmackDown. There's like a ramp, the big screen, and there's the the, the W on the on And the then stand. we get fireworks and Stone Cold saying tough enough. Yeah, he's That's like... That's how we start the he's, show. He's like, I never get tired of that. So all the We're people in an come empty out. arena. <laughs> so all the people... Oh, this was a funny bit, unintentionally. The people come out, right? Stone Cold looks at the mall and he says, you see all these empty seats? Now imagine it being sold out. I'm like, bro, WWE can't even imagine them being sold out. Come <laughs> on, Steve. Come on, Steve. <laughs> he's honest. He's honest and says, this is the closest you most of you will ever get to a WWE ring. And every day he's going, and every day he's going to judge their skill and character. And, if, and quote unquote, and if you piss me off, I'll throw your ass out. So he says to get to the top, got to start at the bottom. First lesson, commitment. He's going to see how committed they are. He says he wants them to understand how much work goes into each show, how the people behind the scenes are just as important. I'm like, that's a good lesson to teach. I wish WWE taught all their people that. So everyone goes outside. They throw on coveralls. Yeah, they literally put on coveralls and they sort through trash. I'm not going to lie. I laughed. I... (laughs) I'm like, ha! I actually thought this was actually a pretty good first challenge. It's like, hey, be a be a WWE show roadie for a day. 
Um, so we meet Michelle. Yeah, there. Uh, we, there's the first deal. Some trash. Michelle, new gal who we haven't seen before. Yeah, yet. she was a model. She supposedly wrestled, but she chose modeling over wrestling. I think a smart move, but she regretted it. And I'm like, sure. What's we funny meet is, Cameron. What's funny is before that. Oh wait, she, or is it Ariana? Which one she go by here? Oh, let me see. Well, really quick, I said she. Uh, I want. I wanted to point out it was funny. She said that she felt that this was a good way to combine her passion for wrestling and modeling by being a WWE diva. Hearing the word diva uh, felt weird. But yes, then it's Ariane. 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 Yeah, Ariane. Uh, I have her as Cameron in my notes. Okay, but. I wrote here, huh, she looks familiar. So she says she wants to be in the ring, and doing this, uh, doing all this handiwork is not delicious. I just wrote down, huh, Ariana can't do labor work and complains. Lol. It shows them off to the side of an episode of Raw next, watching Rey Mysterio pop out the ground when he still did that, and god damn, I miss him doing that. I understand why he can't, but man, that was cool. So they're cleaning up, they're picking up chairs and tearing down at 1.13 in the morning. I'm like, damn, that job looks like it sucks. So next they're on a bus, and they get to a mansion where they'll be staying. Oh, wait, wait, wait. you didn't talk about my boy, Mikhail? I don't really remember him saying anything. Well, we meet some dude, Mikhail, and he says his wife supports him financially because oh, right. his job took a shit, but he's like, I want to be a superstar, and he's stoking that he's on the show. And I'm like... I forgot about remember that Remember this yeah. guy, Mikhail. Oh, he lost be- his job. His wife is, fi- is his financial support. Yes, but it's okay because he's big and buff. Sure. So now they're on a we bus. We meet also Rima, Miss USA, yes. and she's complaining about doing labor work, too. Evil Lisa's tired because it's one in the morning. Sorry, let me just go down. This. No, you're good. You're now good. we're at the mansion because every fucking reality competition show has to be in a mansion. This felt like a real mansion, though, as I'll get to in a sec. Well, like, what, not like Brett Michaels, but fucking affliction, bedazzled piece of shit. He that had. should just look like an apartment for Los Angeles, but a, a very big apartment. Look like a co-ed house. So I wrote, So these are my notes verbatim. I said... We get on the bus, they get to a mansion where they'll be staying, and oh shit, there's Trish Status. Oh shit, there's Booker T. Oh, there's Bill DeMott. Fuck you. I just wrote down now at the mansion, we see Trish, Booker T, Bill DeMott, or if you want to call him, Captain Erection from WCW. No, 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 it was, it was, it was, uh, it was Hugh G. Rection. So we got our man Hugh G. Rection here. I just remember that bit from Brian and Vinny where uh, they tr- where it was like after a pay per view and WCW was trying really hard to put him uh, to put him over right and then they had everyone clap out and then um, and then Goldberg's like hey man you've done a lot of good work it's my streak had to start somewhere and then Lance Storm comes on TV to start a shit with him and he's like hey Rection. <laughs> Rection. but you but you got freaking Mean Gene and trying to motivate the crowd like come on everyone. Let's hear it for erection. Let's hear it for erection. So, yeah, they're in the mansion. No, the funniest is when I'm hearing Flair. I guess this is like somewhere. I was listening to something with Flair. This might have been. I don't think it was New Blood Rising. I remember just Flair. He had to do a commissioner thing. He had to make a match with like huge erection. But he didn't even just say huge erection. He just says huge erection. Huge erection. To be fair, I think Flair knows a thing or two about huge erections. Yeah, come on. He has a hammer. <laughs> okay, Tommy Dreamer. Envious over when there. When you're such a mark for wrestling, you have to put over Ric Flair's cock. Yes. <laughs> Not even Meltzer does that. 
So they go inside. Well, he's They're, not a mark like fucking Tommy Dreamer, now is he? Oh, I think Meltzer's a mark, but that, he's not that. <laughs> so they go inside. They're stoked. They each. This is pretty cool. It's cool, but funny. They, they find go their in their beds. rooms. Yeah. They find their beds on each belt. On each bed, there's a belt, and the belt is modeled after the WWE Championship at the time, which at the time was John Cena's spinner belt. Which apparently it's a hot take to say you like the belt. Maybe it's because I grew up with it, and I remember when he changed it. I thought that belt was cool. Am that, I am I the only one? Dude, what do they, you think about it? I don't think it's the best belt. But damn, dude, they but just, had the spinner, and there was so bedazzled. Yeah, but it only. Sp- Bun for John Cena for like 2006 and seven. It was still a cool image though. Well, bad. yeah, because he was still uh, because you gotta remember 2006 and yeah, seven. He was, he was still doing the gangster stuff, but then he made the Marine. Then they made him like a weird Marine. Like then all of a sudden he became about the troops. So it's you he know. just became Super Cena. Yeah, <laughs> because Vince McMahon looked at him. It's like, oh, this is perfect. It's Hulk Hogan without the racism. Yes, that we're aware of. Hopefully, John Cena isn't racist. I might cry. I'm going to be so sad if it turns out John Cena was a douchebag. Well, more of one, I guess. I guess that Alex Riley shit was pretty bad. Yeah, but Alex Riley low-key kind of sucks. Well, yeah, but that doesn't excuse. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't excuse being an asshole, but let's be real here. Alex Riley kind of sucks. Uh, anyway, so, but yeah, but the, the, thing, the funny thing about the belts to me is they all still had John Cena's name on them. They didn't like, they went through the effort to create prop replicas of the belts. They even spun, but they didn't even like engrave their names on it. At least Brett Michaels took their picture and made them little backstage passes. And I can't believe I just complimented Rock of Love in 20, in the year of our Lord, 2022. Okay. What's, what's going to be easier to do a, a backstage pass with a little picture slipped in or these fucking like Walmart belts that these guys get? But they already made went through the trouble of making the belts. I don't know. This is the same company that has made the most money and they're still dropping people left and li- right. Yeah. Okay, so after that, um, Country Boy, specifically, uh, there's a shot of him wearing his with shades. And actually, I'm kind of glad this is Big Rig now because this guy had some moments where he impressed me or he, he was at least kind of charismatic and funny. So now that I know that that's Big Rig, well, for one, I'm just going to start calling him fucking Big Rig. Yeah, because fucking he's Big Rig. Um, but yeah, so I support Big Rig. So they go through the house and listen, I need to walk you through my thought process here. Okay. The house looks nice. There's weight room, a pool. This is a real mansion. No, there's a. They're like, oh man, look at this field out here. There's not a. There's not a field in the backyard. It's a fucking football field in the backyard. That's what it looks like. Okay, but I'll be honest. At this point, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of fun, but like, not much madness happening. Things are a little boring. But then, at that exact moment, so you guys remember how James mentioned Mikel? Okay fucking this guy he starts talking about training and stuff and experience and then out of nowhere he says and i quote i'm saying as a woman if you got a lot of booty you don't really need all that experience and there's plenty of booty in here this is the same fucking guy that's being supported by his wife i busted up that shit sounded so weird and awkward. And by the way, Mikkel... But he's the like the only guy that's just like, with Sasha's just like, come on, you booty ladies don't even need to do anything. Come this Mikkel guy, he's one of those buff guys who kind of has a baby face and he doesn't have a life 
light voice, but he doesn't have but he doesn't have a tough guy voice. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like he's it, got it, a, he's got like a cross necklace he's, too. Yeah, he's, he's he the, looks like a Jersey Shore. Yeah, reject. he's got a uh, that voice of hey, I'm a guy that talks shit on women, but like they're my lifeblood because I don't make money right now. It's like, hey, I'm just saying, you know, women are kind of inferior to men. Also, will you touch my penis? Yeah. <laughs> Can you also give me money? Oh I lost my job. Oh, man. So well, now it's conditioning training. Well, yes. So all the women snap at him. Uh, Ariana, oh, yeah. and I, I point out here, Ariana is a horrible actress. Because she's like, he says, because this is how she talks. He says something very sexist, and I just want him to know that that is not going to be okay. That's paraphrasing, but that's how she talks. Okay, so then they're yelling back and forth, whatever. Then Mikkel, fairly gently, I might add, tosses or swings a pillow at Rima, I think. And the entire cast is acting like he just hit her with Dusty's bull rope. It's and it's it's asinine. Ariana is like, watch where you throw that, cause you just hit me in my mouth. And Rima's like, you hit me with a pillow. I will not hit you back, but I'll get you back one day, bitch. I'm like, it's a pillow. <laughs> and Mikkel's like, it's a pillow. Guys. I'm just laughing. So that's our conflict. Just out of nowhere, just random, random misogyny. You got a lot of booty. <laughs> Sorry, I've got a lot of booty. You don't need to do much. Just saying. The sad thing is in WWE at well, that I guess time. this guy doesn't have a lot of booty. So <laughs> maybe he does. What, what am I talking about? He got a lot of booty. <laughs> you got a lot of booty. You don't really need that much experience. I think he's uh, speaking from a uh, first hand experience. From his experience. Yeah. Uh, kind of sounds like it. So next day, they go to daily training. Now, as we all know, WWE has a notoriously rigorous workout regimen. And what to I the mean, point where it's almost counterproductive to actually learning how to pro wrestle. Exactly. Because even to this Lash day, legend. They, because even to this day, they care more about bodybuilding than wrestling. Yeah, sorry. I just I'm trying not to cut a promo on how much I hate WWE's training regimen. So then like they literally start out with doing conditioning training and then we just hear glass shatter. Yeah, so just rolls up into the circuit training center with a fucking chopper loud bore exhaust while these dudes are doing crunches. It was insanity. Yeah, I'm they're like, doing what? crunches and shit. And then you just hear the and, it, and it's not just you hear random glass. No, they play his theme song. It's the glass from the theme song. It's the and he just rolls in on a chopper and i'm I was just like, all right you nerds you guys need to do your burpees but stokel's gonna come in r- riding a motorcycle right now fuck your hearing yeah that and the exhaust too i'm like well that doesn't sound this doesn't sound like it's productive for the conditioning yeah what is this come on <laughs> it's almost like it's for entertainment not a purpose of like actually having like you're telling me this isn't a real competition also eric <laughs> also eric the big tall guy is totally gassed Oh, yeah, the guy, I mean, this is coming from a guy who literally can't do a push-up. This guy couldn't do a push-up. Um, so now it's time to do ring work. Lesson one, hitting the ropes, doing bumps. Most everyone's doing okay. They, you know, they do the forward bumps. They do the rolls. Yeah, they're just doing rolls. Back bumps. Friggin' huge erections, just basically giving, like, nicknames to peeps. Are you like, call him that every episode? Might as well. God Fuck this guy. damn it. Well, yeah, fucking... This guy just sitting there is like, I'm not learning your name. I'm just going to give you a nickname. Okay, General Rection. 
Yeah, the guy who the guy who was okay with being called yeah, well, Eugene Rexion is calling some other people like diminutive nicknames, like the, like the one blonde guy he keeps calling him Skid Marks. Come on, Skid Marks! I don't think Bill Demont is in a position to train anybody. I have no idea how he got the position at that company. Who knows? Anyway, friends. So most people are friendship. So most everyone's doing the basics all right at first. Uh, Luke's everyone is already everyone. They're clearly painting this Luke guy as the guy. They're like, oh, dude, this guy could go all the way. He's got the skill. Ariane's the worst yeah, out of this anybody. Guy, Luke guy, yeah, he can go all the way. And then the one lady, I think her name is Michelle. She's the one that says she she's like wrestled for eleven years, off and on, but she can't do he, a role. Yeah, the the word is. I've wrestled for 11 years off and on. She's also a mom. I'm like, and he's like, oh, what? You've been wrestling for 11 years? I'm like, don't you understand a concept of off or on? That was kind of, that kind she of. She seems like a lady that might have done a couple of matches, not thousands of matches. That kind of annoyed me because she made sure to clarify, yeah, I did it off and on, but I got married, became a mom. But they just kept hammering the home. She's an 11 year vet. She's an 11 year vet. It's like at most she's probably like a fucking four. What do you maybe guys, two? Come on, what are you guys fucking dumb? Like <laughs> I could imagine Hugh Rection over there having a brick for a brain, but like. <laughs> and trust me, I get it. All right, I understand that the show wants me to think. Oh wow, 11 years. Look how much she sucks. But like maybe I'm old and, si- and maybe, sympathetic, or but maybe like, we could understand context. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It, maybe I'm just sympathetic to the idea that she got a career, had a family. Maybe she didn't have time for the fucking wrestling. But what do I know? Uh, yeah, what do you know? Bill DeMont looks like one of those guys where he shits talks wrestling fans because, like, wrestling fans, uh, wrestling fans don't know what it's like. They don't know how much work went into me getting hit by a motorcycle at NWO sold out or shit like that. So anyway, yeah, she can't really do the role. She runs the ropes week um, and everyone just starts kind of. Um, uh, and then that's kind of it for that, for that, for the day. Yeah, so no, then, except for freaking. Yeah. Now it's like, all right, we're done with the shit. Let's go party. But there wasn't really much scene to them partying. I thought like, OK, well, we're we going to get some people. Drink. Fl- you see, yeah, we well, do. You're not getting lace. You're not. This isn't rock love. But I'm used to, I just assume every reality show is like Rock of Love. Well, here's the thing. They also have to exercise the next day. So I have a feeling these people have a little bit of responsibility. But a little bit of responsibility. Because yeah, like, is they, it? Luke says he wants to be like the Ric Flair of this competition. Party all night, but first one in the gym in the, it was first one in the, gym in the morning. I said, okay, cool. You're going to commit sexual harassment, bro? Yeah, come on. Except we also get one guy, Andy. He's just only drinking protein shakes. Yeah, he's like, that was his, I'm not yeah. drinking. I'm going to just keep myself. Yeah, he's, tra- he's, he's training during the night. I'm like, man, that's really cool. But man, can I come off like a bit of a stiff? For reals. It's like, it's like, look at this guy. He's actually trying to like win the competition. What a boy scout. Yeah, what is this fucking boy scout? <laughs> but yeah, dudes are going all night. But then it's the morning and we see dudes are up in the gym. And hey, Luke is up. He's like, yeah. dude, you like went to sleep, sleep at five. You've only slept like two hours. Yep. Well, I'm up and going. I don't know. That's pretty Ric Flair. Yeah. So, but this one day, <laughs> I don't think you could do this five days in a row. Oh, no. He, he, I think he'll. I think his brain will shut down. Ric Flair's brain was built on the back of doing that shit for 20, 30 years. Nah, I'm sure even Ric Flair every other night got like 10 hours of sleep. Oh, I'm sure. So Stone Cold says the first challenge, it's called Three Minutes of Hell. And I'm not going to lie. This actually seems like a pretty like decent way to train your wrestler. Uh, it's, he says it's part conditioning, part desire. 
Run the ropes for three minutes. It's not about the length of the run. It's about how hard you hit them for the time. Part conditioning, part fire. Let me see that desire. So someone is, and he, and he points out, someone's going home today. It's like, oh, okay. So we got montages of people doing them. One dude named Austin. I, I think his name's Austin. I think that's the one that Bill, uh, sorry, Hugh, Hugh Rection calls. Uh, Hugh G. Rection. Calls skid marks. Austin says, your hair's pissing me off. That was funny. Um, one of the blonde gals collapses in the ring. Mikkel has scars, or not scars, but like friction burns uh, from the ropes on his on his skin. Eric, who's been one of the weakest ones so far. Um, he he's was, just basically falling into the ropes. Yeah, yeah. He is not prepared for this. Con- he was not uh, conditioned prepared for this competition. No, because, because even the most basic wrestling fans know those ropes... Those ropes and that ring, they are not soft, and they don't feel nice when you bounce off. Wait, did you talk about Ariane pulling up her pants? That happens right now. (laughs) Okay, so... oh, She's she's running it, but she's stopping, pulling up her pants, and everyone's like, why are you keep pulling up your pants? Run these damn ropes. Technically, before her country boy had his teeth fall out, and then Miss 11 years next, and then she sucks, but yeah, Ariane. Get your teeth out of my tambourine. <laughs> oh, hey, that's the title of the episode, lol. Oh, that's, uh, I'm not going to lie, that's a good name. That's yeah, a good like, name to name the, You episode. got the dudes that did the indie work, they're doing good. Yeah. Our boy Big Ray, he hasn't done indie work, but he isn't too bad athletically. He's not in bad. condition. Man, Eric just basically looks like a tree. About Eric to looks like as if if I tried to do that. Yeah, he yeah he looks like a fucking tree that's like falling into the ropes every time he hits them. Oh man, yeah. And then Ariana's just like pulling up her pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she and she keeps and she said, I think I swear she says on the lines like she feels she does not look devilicious right now. And then we have Rima, where she's like trying to not touch the ropes at all. She's yeah, just sprinting back and forth, and the dudes are like. Hit those damn ropes. But then after, they see that she has a pad in her butt. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, and Stone Cold and them um, uh, treat it like she cheated. That's cheating. Is it cheating? How dare you put a pad in your butt? How dare you be smart? We need you to be a fucking idiot. We need you to be Neanderthal. We need you to cause personal injury to yourself for this freaking contract. Yeah. Bitch. How, How dare you use safety on you? What the fuck? You know, that's kind of like that thing you ever hear wrestlers talk about how uh, back in the old days, at least it was frowned upon that if you, if you knew you were taking a low blow, they, uh, they they basically thought you were a total bitch if you wore a cup. Well, <laughs> just a little fun fact about our the world of wrestling. Some of these people like Hugh G-Rection here has backwards thinking, but maybe, you know, to respect everyone else there that had to hit those ropes without pads. I don't think when you are going to actually wrestle, you're going to be using pads. So. Well, yeah. So after the break, Stone Cold Trish, Bill. But and- this is a Miss USA model here. Yes. After the break, Stone Cold Trish, Bill, and Booker, who I realized after I wrote this, didn't really say much during that. Let me. Yeah, he did a little, come on, pick yourself up. Let's go. But that's it. He hasn't really had time to shine. I know compelling dialogue to report here. <laughs> Trish was ne- tried to be nice. Booker sees potential in Luke. Everyone rose sorry on. Oh, maybe because Luke's the one that's actually been wrestling for a minute. Bill says she's. Bill says that Ariane is greener than geese shit. No one likes the eleven-year vet. Booker and Bill and Steve feel Eric is disappointing. Everyone is pissed. Yo, at- Eric's got to look. He's tall. Why does he suck? I don't know. He <laughs> sucks. And then, uh, and then, and then, Bill. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry, Rection. 
Stratus and Austin are hating on what's her name Rima for cheating but yeah. then Booker T says if you ain't cheating you ain't trying hey he's not lying <laughs> and that's like the only like notable thing he says in this whole show I'm like hey he's not lying that's true but, the, but that's where they leave it no one even tries to challenge him so I'm like did he reference Eddie Guerrero and then they were like yeah you're right she gets to stay afterwards because that's what that felt like so then everyone lines up and I'm like fuck we're going to elimination now. There's 10 minutes left. And I wrote here for some reason, the soundtrack sounds like Top Gun. Um, so Stone Cold says, uh, Michelle, the 11 year vet, Ariane and Eric calls him up and says, get your belts and pack up. Cause one of those three is going home at the and house. It, yeah. And then we, yeah, at the house, we get talking heads of like the people that are on the chopping block. We have Eric that's uh, pretty devastated that he might have to leave, and he's actually here to possibly get a career, a lucrative career to help support his family. Yeah, because he has a mom, uh, I think, and a, and a little brother who is autistic, I believe. He yes. said, or mentally, he was mentally handicapped. Yeah, I just I I only said that because I thought I remember him specifically saying the word autism. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so he he's got a lot to fight for. Um, the 11 year vet could probably go back to modeling and Ariane. Let's be real. Yeah. She could definitely, she's kind of just here. Yeah. She's kind of here. But then Ariane is, uh, well, she's fucking hilarious. So, uh, so at the house, you know, like you like, said, she's every- like, I refuse to go. Like Ariane, she's like, I refuse to go home day one. I refuse to go home. Like day, day two. Sure. But day one. No, no, no. I can't no, be gone. No, 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 so let's just go to elimination here. There was nothing really notable at the house. Just, you know, yeah, stuff. just these dudes. And I got time to elimination. So Stone Cold asked Cameron first. I yeah. mean, Ariane first. He asked, what does it mean to you to be here? She says, I forgot she said this. <laughs> she says, I have given up everything here. I gave up my job. I gave up my house. And did everything to get here. I even given up my dog. <laughs> That's right. She did say that. Yeah. She said she gave up her dog to me. I should be laughing. It's a, this uh, dedication. Stone Cold stops with Ariane. Uh, sorry. I, I, read, I read the wrong line. Stone Cold says, you got powder puff written all over you. I'm, I'm sounding too <laughs> sexy. I need to sound gross. Like Stone Cold. <laughs> it's like. You're sounding too. Oh, that's like stereotypical. He's like, well, because Stone Cold doesn't actually talk like this, but this is the voice everyone does for Stone Cold when he does this. You sound, you sound You got to do the mouth movements. You ever notice? Just do he, the wacky he, Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Stone Cold. But listen, I respect Stone just Cold. Just do your voice. Just okay, do, just do fine, your voice. fine, fine, fine. Just be serious. Well, fuck you. Every time Stone Cold ever gets brought up ever on this podcast, you can't resist going Stone Cold. Just go. Just go. <laughs> Have free reign. I'm done. I'll be here. I'll watch you. <laughs> no, no, sorry. no, but he does say he's got powder puff. You got powder puff. I can only do angry Stone Cold. You got powder puff written all over you. So then Stone Cold says, you weren't committed to running the ropes. I was wrestling Yokozuna in South Africa, 700 pounds. He picks me up, slams me on the ground. I shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wasn't laughing, but the, your, your burst of laughter kind of broke sorry. me. <laughs> That's what he says. He's yelling, at the, he's yelling at this woman. I wrestled Yokozuna in South Africa, 700 pounds. He picks me up, slams me on the ground. I shit my pants. What do you think I did? 
He, he reinforces, I kept going. I shit my pants and I kept going. <laughs> he, he can't go. He's going to finish that match in some soggy trousers. Is that a real story, you think? No. Do you know? Is there a way to validate? Could we ask Jake? I don't know. We could ask Stone Cold, maybe. <laughs> Let's get him on the Do, show. Yes. Oh. Could we even handle Stone Cold on the no. show? No. And I, and I don't just mean that because I'd be too busy marking out. I'd be too busy just to probably fucking laughing at because he can hold serious conversations. Parmy would also be kind of also calling bullshit if he does the three sixteen story. When I went king in the ring and when I said three sixteen, are that, you really gonna go Melter on Stone Cold? I might. No, that's not right. You didn't start getting popular from mid ninety seven when you're where you're feuding with Bret Hart. I am not gonna let you deprive me of the right to be to fucking have Stone Cold on a podcast and talk to him longer than Jake did. So keep that shit to yourself. Where were we? Yeah, we're talking about the Stone Cold. Stone Cold shit his pants in South Africa. (laughs) Okay, so he asked Michelle, "Do you think you've maximized your potential?" And she says, "I got sidetracked. My modeling career took over. I got married, had a baby, and got off track." And I'm like, "That's really sympathetic." But do you know what Stone Cold says? He says, "I'm a father, two daughters. Wonder how many times I won Father of the Year? Not one fucking time." Because my ass was on the road. And I'm thinking to myself, and I'm really not trying to be a well, dick to Stone Cold, but my reaction you're is... You're putting a very strong case of like them... Am I supposed to agree with Stone Cold? Because uh, I think the show wants me to agree with Stone Cold. I'm sorry, bro. I don't. I love WWE. They work their people too fucking hard. <laughs> and when he's like... I had two daughters. First off, that's not the only reason why you didn't win Father of the Year, okay? Yeah. But still, uh, just whatever. And then he he goes up to Eric and he's like, Eric, he just asks, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and Eric's like, well, you tell me. And he said, oh, I will. You're here with these bottom feeders. Give me one good reason why you're here. And he's like, someone that's got your looks and your size. Yeah. And he says, well, I've loved this since I was a kid. I need to be here. Then Stone Cold says, switch places with me. And Eric says, and he says to Eric, I'm a contestant now. Ask me why I should stay. Eric does. And Stone Cold says, because I'm going to take this business by the fucking throat and take it where I want to take. You sit there with that stupid afro and your stupid T-shirt. There ain't no one that can hold me back. Do you get it? Now get the fuck over there. <laughs> so then, great. And then Eric doesn't really like add any more passion to his voice. He's still he's basically talking like this, but you can hear the smile in my voice because I'm having fun. This guy just sounds kind of completely deadpan and like over professional when he's talking to Stone Cold. It's like I have a brother that he needs to be taken care of. Yes. I changed my brother's diapers, which is some harrowing shit. Uh, but well, then Stone Cold's uh, like, yeah. <laughs> pretty much he's like well if you're not gonna, he said you came here not in shape if you're not gonna do it for me or whatever he's like you're gonna do it for whatever his brother's name is he's just trying to encourage him you know so then he asks Ariane he says what do you think of Michelle the 11 year vet she says I think I'm better I'm doing better than her and I really think that my only flaw was I'm paraphrasing I really feel like my only flaw was that I kept pulling out my pants and I'm sorry for that and then Michelle's like no you don't have the passion for this business he's like i've got the passion for it. eric has the passion for it stone cold asks Ariane, what's her passion she says well my new passion is wrestling and then he asks new passion yeah new passion and he goes well, what's your favorite match she goes well my favorite match was one that involved melina and alicia fox stone cold looks so you know you know he looks stone offended cold. stone cold takes it back 
He looks down. He struggles. There's a shadow over his eyes. Stone Cold is struggling to figure out what to say. He cocks and loads and he goes, who? (laughs) I busted up. He goes, out of all the matches in the history of this business, that's your favorite? Can you name what's another one? I can't think of one right now, sir. I'm sorry. And then we get to uh, Stone Cold's decision here. He decides pretty, pretty bluntly and definitively. He's like, Ariane, you're going home, which is hilarious to me. You want to tell him why it's hilarious? Well, one, because she's like, yeah, if I'm going home, don't matter anyway. You're going to see me back here. You're going to see me back here in this ring. You just see me back here in this ring. And it's the funniest thing. She is the one that actually made it out of all these people. <laughs> because WWE makes no sense sometimes. Listen, the truth is, listen, I watched a What Culture video about this, actually. Now, I don't know, remember or I don't know who wins this season specifically, but they went through a whole thing. And let me tell you all something. And just about every single contestant they ever had on any one of these shows, they did offer at least most of them uh, contracts in the sense of for training and for developmental things. Obviously, none of them make made it. But um, but yeah, they, so they did do that. But she is the one, this horrible actress, horrible wrestler on the show. She and she didn't she wasn't just like some background character for a time. She was part of a pretty like famous act. She's not doing anything now. But then once her wrestling career kind of still didn't go anywhere, then she was one of the main stars on the first like season or two of Total Divas, which was crazy successful. That really was. It lasted for like seven seasons or something. Oh, God damn right. It and then it spun off into the Bellas, obviously. Yeah, Total Bellas. Total Bellas. Well, was really and then like, they Total Divas was like about the Bellas. Yeah, it really was. But now they just got their own show. That was also the show that made me hate Paige. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, dude, Paige, she's going to be like this cool like alt wrestling girl that's like hot. Yeah. She's on the show like you are a fucking goober. I do not like you. Is it any wonder she's dating Ronnie Racky? I don't know. <laughs> Just seems like a match made in heaven. Basically. But yeah, that was our it's show. It's at least better than Alberto Del Rio. Oh, God. That, that just was just wrong. scary. That relationship that sounded so... That was uncomfortable so t- and scary. That relationship sounded so toxic. When I think about it, my stomach starts to churn. I mean, that's because I'm hungry right now. But well, yeah, I'm no. hungry, too. Yeah. But like we ran like fucking later because like, I wanted to get me some sick food, but now it's like... To be oh, fair, we hadn't oh. seen each other in a while, so we were cutting up, catching up off Fuck camera. Us. Damn it. <laughs> How dare we be friends? Why How dare? Why don't we pen and tell her it? Or why don't we like um, uh, Siskel and Ebert it where people wonder like, wait, do these guys even fucking like each other? Why are they working together? Yeah. Here's a magic trick. I'm going to close my eyes and you're going to walk out the door and disappear. <laughs> Here, let's role play. You be Shaq. I'll be Charles Barkley. I don't know any Shaq quotes. I'm sorry. Uh, all right, well, the, the thing he always says, he just roasts Charles Barkley over the fact that he has five rings and Charles Barkley has no rings. That's pretty much it. It's just like, you don't know anything about winning championships, Chuck. Hey, hey Chuck, you, go to, you don't know anything about winning champions. I got five rings, you got zero rings. Do you know how I broke this wrist? I, oh. broke, I, broke my, I broke my wrist in that match against Cody Rhodes. Wait, did he actually? Yeah, he wrestled Cody. He he needed like. No, I'm talking about the wrist thing. Yeah, no, no. I know he, about the Cody. No, I'm sorry, he actually like injured his wrist during that. I broke my wrist. Wrestled Cody Rose. What'd you do other than be bald? <laughs> yeah, Yo, was... you. Hey, how many rings you got? I got five rings. What's that? That's right. You got zero rings. I think I do a pretty good Shaq impersonation, honestly. Shazam. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's our show, everybody. So what did you think of this episode of uh, the, the first episode of Tough Enough S5? Uh, reviewing for content for us, there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> the best part's just questioning like the logic. Like Stone Cold's like, I never won far of the year. Well, you're you're uh, definitely uh, showing and giving us a good case on why you will never win father of the year. Yeah, see, if anything, I feel I never wanted to watch the show as a kid because I feel I felt like it would make me not want to ever work in wrestling, or at least for that company. So it's like you know, Hugh G. Rexford's hilarious. He's actually kind of funny, and I'm pissed because I don't like Bill Demont as a person. Yeah, but. This gives us a chance to roast him. Yeah. And a lot of these guys can come off total goobers. It is nice to see Trish you got the guy, and Booker T. Yeah, you got the guy that's like talking shit on the women. It's like, come on. You guys aren't going to do good at this job. And it's like, dude, you're the you fuck. Need, when you got a lot of booty. <laughs> when you got a lot of booty, you don't need to do much. And I'm like, I have a feeling you uh, share first-hand experience, mister. I lost my job and my wife is uh, <laughs> basically my financial Maybe support. Maybe he needed a cowboy. Maybe he definitely needed a cowboy. <laughs> well, listeners, this is the Dr. Danger Raider show with your host, James and Edward. I hope you all have a good one. Adios. Go find your cowboy. <laughs>